This is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Welcome to the Homeschooling with Technology show. Your host, Meryl Vandermerva, loves using technology to streamline her life and to make lessons more engaging. She is a graduated homeschool mom and teaches homeschoolers at her local co-op classes and online at fundafundaacademy.com. Whether you are tech-challenged or someone who loves technology, this show is for you. And here's your host, Meryl Vandermerva. Hi, and welcome to the Homeschooling with Technology podcast. I'm Meryl Vandermeer, your show host, and this week we are going to be discussing a techie history contest, which is National History Day. We're going to be taking a break from the series I've been doing on Google Drive and its apps, because if your children do want to take part in this contest, they will need to be starting soon. National History Day is one of my favorite contests because it combines two things I love, history and technology. But before I carry on to explain more about National History Day, let me just first mention our sponsor, Funder Funder Academy, because they also combine history and technology in two of their unit studies that they are selling right now. They have web-based unit studies, and as I said, two of them are actually on history, on World War II. These are ideal for fourth through eighth grade. They are very interactive. They use online resources and have techie projects, which make it just perfect for 21st century learners. If you go on the website right now, you will find a a blog post about web-based unit studies and with that blog post is a giveaway which will last until Friday the 26th of October and in that giveaway you can win any unit study of your choice any of the web-based ones um, one from Funder Funder Academy and actually one from Techie Homeschool Moms unit online unit studies as well so do go across there and take a look you can find the link to this in the show notes and everything else I say today will be in the show notes too so you do not need to take any notes and you can find find those on homeschoolingwithtechnology.com so back to our topic for today national history day so first of all although the contest ends up at national level it actually starts at school level if you're a homeschooler you can typically skip this step and just move straight on to the regional I know that is true in my state um, so just you will need to go onto the website and just see how your state um, exactly does it but typically um, schools have a contest and their best students go forward into the regional contest as I said um, just as a homeschooler you'll go directly to the regional the best uh, the best students in the regional contest will move on to state and then again the best ones at state go all the way up to national level and this is a contest that I have seen uh, many students um, homeschool students do well at my own children three of them have managed to reach nationals and a number of the students that I have taught or um, that I know who are homeschooled have also managed this feat so this is something that's very possible for your own children the contest is for 6th through 12th graders. However, if you have younger children, carry on and listen, because first of all, you'll know if you'd like to do this in the future, and you can start preparing your, your children slowly to be ready to compete. And also, I think there are just some other tips that you're going to learn um, as we talk about this contest. 
You can enter this either as individuals, or your children as individuals, or in groups. So if you have, for instance, two children in the age group, you, um, six through eight is one age bracket, and then nine through 12 is another, or if they have homeschool friends, they could do this um, in a group. Each year, there is a different theme. This year, it's triumph and tragedy in history. Within that theme, students can pick any topic they want. It could be local, it could be US history, it could be world history. For example, uh, the year that my family first did it, when my oldest daughter was in 11th grade, this was actually the same theme. And my daughter chose to do it on the dropping of the bomb that ended World War II. She looked at it both as a triumph because it ended World War II and they dropped the bombs on um, Hiroshima and Nagasaki, but she also looked at the tragedy that ensued because of um, dropping the atomic bomb. Now, National History Day has two distinct parts to it. There is first the research, and secondly, the presentation of that research. And both of these have techie elements in it, which is why I say this is a very techie project, uh, contest. So let's take a look first of all at the research. For National History Day, you need a variety of source material. Um, I would suggest that at the regional level that children have at least 15 to 20 different uh, sources. You need more as you keep moving up. If you keep winning, you need to in, uh, change and read more and increase what you have. They also need to have both primary and secondary sources. Primary are sources that come from the time period of the topic that you're studying. So these would be diaries, there might be newspaper articles, um, depending on the time period, there may be photographs, uh, sketches, anything like that would be your primary sources. Secondary sources are sources where people have written about the event, the, although they weren't present, and it might be from much later in time, there may be experts um, writing even in current day times. So the first place your children are likely to look for is books, and you might go down to your local website, your local library, and walk around and find books. However, it's a lot easier to find the books by going onto your library website. So here's your first bit of tech, learning to use your library website. And you will quickly find there are not going to be enough books in your local library. So they're going to need to learn to use your library system well, and particularly to use interlibrary loans. And with that, you can get books from all over the country. Secondly, you want to get familiar with all the resources that your library offers. You may not realize that there are a lot of online resources. One of those you'll probably have in your local library is Canopy, which provides you with documentaries that you can, you can watch online free of charge. Secondly, um, in, on our local library, there's, for instance, a digital collection of photos from a local museum. So if you're doing a local history project, something like that could be useful. We also have access to a large number um, of newspaper archives. Then there are the databases. Again, there are a number on our local website. I just put in Clara Barton onto the, the database search and I found images, videos, magazines and articles, which should have been a great start to any project on her. Now, when your children have exhausted the library or they're wanting to do something a little different, they're obviously going to go onto Google and start searching. This is a fantastic opportunity for you to sit with them and teach them how to do good research online. They're going to first need to learn how to use good terms to find what they're wanting. 
they'll start and perhaps find a few sources. And then they'll need to start thinking a little bit outside the box, thinking of other ways of asking the questions to try and dig deeper, adding words like primary source in when they're searching, which will help to narrow the field to what you're looking for. When they start to find sources, you need to help them work out what is a good source. They need to say, where, who is actually creating this website that I'm looking at? Is this an educational website? Is this a government website? Is this perhaps just another um, student who's created a website? In which case, obviously, you don't really want to quote from another student's website. And so they need to see um, whether it is actually going to be credible or not. Um, then you can also teach them about Google Scholar. And if you don't know about it, just type in Google Scholar and you'll find it. And this really narrows your, your research down to very scholarly books and articles. When you get onto Google Scholar, you can even put in dates. So for instance, I went again for Clara Barton and I put in the dates um, around about the time she was living because that way I knew I'd be more likely to actually find primary sources. And I found a number of articles, um, many of those being eyewitness accounts from people who'd actually met her and also found books including books that she had written. So um, Google Scholar is a great resource. Then your children will need to learn to use the Library of Congress website. It isn't always the easiest one to use, I must admit, but it has a wealth of information and it's a very cool place to wander around. Um, one other thing that my children all learned to do was to actually uh, be able to communicate with people over email because sometimes as they would be doing the research they would discover experts or they would discover that there were still descendants alive or they would discover a really good museum about the topic. In all of those times they would want to actually email people, see if they had more information, perhaps do an interview over email or perhaps a live one and they would need to actually communicate. And this is a time again when you can sit and make sure, especially your younger students, know how to write a good email um, to somebody. By the time your students have worked through all this, they're going to be pretty good researchers. And this is a skill that's going to take them all the way into college and into um, life beyond that. Once they have finished the research, um, before they even get onto the uh, present, presenting the information, they are going to need to create a bibliography. They are going to need citations, um, possibly as well. And here they can use an online resource called EasyBib, which they can just put all the information in and it will provide it for them. Again, a useful piece of techie knowledge before they get to college. Okay, so let's say they now have done all the research and they are now ready for their presentation. National History Day gives them five different ways to actually present the information. Some of them are less techy than others, but all of them involve some amount of tech. So the first one is the paper, the, um, which obviously it is going to be writing a, a paper, and they're going to need to use a word processor to do it. And they will need to at least understand how to uh, create it in the layout that is required and that they have the correct word count. If they're going to be using Google Docs and you haven't already listened to my last episode, which was on Google Docs, you can go and listen to that to get some tips. They can also do a performance, i.e. they will be acting. And this, again, they will need to um, actually turn in a script and a bibliography. So again, they'll need to be using the word processor. The third type of presentation is the exhibit. This is on um, a trifold board and 
for that, they're going to have to be typing up the different pieces of information and obviously printing off photos and other things as well and mounting everything on the exhibit board. But for the, the actual typed information, they're going to new, know how to learn how to use fonts, different colors, because they're going to need to make this very visually appealing. So again, word processor um, or even perhaps um, using slideshows to actually create the uh, words to put up for the exhibit. The fourth type is, well, fourth type, yes, um, is website. Website obviously is going to be very techy and National History Day gets all their students to use Weebly. So they will use, learn to use Weebly to actually make a website. They'll learn to use hyperlinks, to have interactive elements, to upload files. Uh, by the end, they're going to be really good at making websites. And then the final way that they can present the information is by a documentary. You can use any type of video editing software, including the free software that you'll probably find on your laptops. They will need some kind of video camera um, to record themselves, but they will also be needing to take, or they might not even need that because they may just use all um, material they find and just edit it together. But they will need to obviously learn some editing skills. Now, for um, my oldest daughter, this is actually how we, we got involved in National History Day. She'd done many papers for me and I suggested she learned a new skill. I had heard about National History Day. I said to her, why, perhaps you just should go and try and do a documentary. It'll teach you something new. And she said, okay. And so she made a, a, a video on um, the topic and she managed to get as far as state level with that. And she learned not only skills, but she also learned that she loved the world of film. And so she went on and actually did her degree in film. And she has since done masters and is working on her PhD still in the realm of media and communications. So that all started from National History Day. Now, you may feel a little overwhelmed and think, I wouldn't know where to start. I'm not that good at history. I don't know much about research. I don't know much about tech. The National History website um, is actually very helpful and you'll be able to find a lot of resources there and you just learn as you go along. In addition, you're welcome to reach out to me and I'll be happy to try and point you in the right direction. I love this contest because it takes modern technology that you use to research and present but you're working with topics that happened a long time ago and it is a fantastic way to get your kids really excited about history. I hope I've convinced some of you to try this and if your children do go ahead and participate, um, I know it will probably be a couple months before they actually actually participate and you'll see how they enjoy it, but I would love to hear from you. You can um, find all the show notes, as I mentioned earlier, on homeschoolingwithtechnology.com and you'll also find ways there to reach me. If you found this useful and if you found the rest of my podcast episodes useful, I would really encourage you to share this podcast with your friends. Many of them may not know how podcasts work. They may not even know how to get a podcast on their phones. And perhaps you could just show them how it all works so that they can also take advantage not just of this podcast, but of all the many podcasts out there that are so great for learning. And I'd also ask you that if you have enjoyed this, if you could spend just a few minutes to rate it and perhaps leave a review because this really would help this podcast to get found on uh, on iTunes and Stitcher and wherever else you may be listening. 
Thanks for tuning in to Homeschooling with Technology with Meryl Vandermerva. Visit her at fundafundaacademy.com and homeschoolingwithtechnology.com. Homeschooling with Technology is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network.